Hi and welcome to Merv Hughes Fishing. I'm Kevin Hillier. Merv Hughes is here. Jason yes, Kennedy is here. And yes, he is. And we're a bit like <laughs> the Leyland brothers of fishing. We're travelling all over the countryside. And this week up to the Northern Territory, have a chat to a good mate, Jason Rogers. Yeah, The guru. Oh, the guru. The guru. But uh, Anaconda, he's, he's working up there now. CEO, so he tells us. <laughs> Self-appointed. Yeah, Australia-wide. <laughs> So we're going to have a chat to him just about fishing in the Northern Territory and the stuff that he's done. So, mate, he was, he was a guide, uh, charter charter operator for, for yep. a very long time, and his knowledge of Darwin Harbour um, and down off um, – help me out here. Where did we go? Where they take us last year? Down to the Finnis River. Um, the Dundee Beach. Oh, yeah, Dundee, yeah, so yeah. Dundee Beach, out at the Finnis River and, and blue water stuff. Mate, just amazing, his knowledge. You can always tell a good bloke, Kev, when he actually gives you mud crab. Oh, we're fishing hello. for Barramundi. He turns up with about 20 mud crabs for me and the big fella. Rip and blow. But not Beautiful. cooked, though. Not cooked. We've still got to work on him. They were, they were still alive. Uh, <laughs> geez, you, yeah, so we ate them anyway. They were a bit chewy. No, mate, I'll tell you what. It, it was just fantastic. So stayed on. Uh, so we're up there with Jace Rogers and um, another guest down the track we're going to hope to get on the show, uh, Cole Burden from Reedy's Lewis. Yep. Um, up the Finnis River uh, on the Bagel Golf Boat motel, boatel. So yep. it's just a boat that you, you spend the, the night on. Just uh, as it says, boatel, just accommodation on the boat, on the river. You can't get any closer than that. When uh, people uh, tend to talk about uh, Northern Territory and uh, and the, yep. the waterways there, immediately you start talking crocodiles. Uh, <laughs> do you see a lot of them? Yes. Oh, okay. He hates uh, them, Kevin. Oh, and if well, I'm not keen on them either. Yeah. No, but if you're, if you're sensible about it, like a lot of people are really nervy about them, mate, you wouldn't dip your toe in the water up there. Uh, they are everywhere, and yep. most of the time, if you're in the waterway and you're the first boat there for, for a couple of weeks, you won't see them. But as they get used to the boat and used to the fact that you're not chasing them, they start popping up everywhere, and there are some big suckers up there. Aggressive or not? Belts, boots, and wallets. I love them. <laughs> oh, Swimming. <laughs> you can't say that. Are they? Uh, uh, I mean, you've seen. Well, what seen else them. are they good for? What do you mean? Belts, boots, and wallets. That's they're, all they're good they're for. They're part of the ecosystem, move. <laughs> Mate, they eat everything. <laughs> so do you, but no one turns you into a belt. Yeah, that's or, the point. They should. Yeah, no. um, okay, I, I can take well, that yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> no, are they? Are they? Um, are they're they, not menacing. Yeah, they that's can what, be. That's, that's the word I'm um, looking for. The, the thing is, uh, there, there's been been um, some tragedies up there where yep. um, crocs nudge a boat, and they reckon what that's from is that people are feeding the crocs. So in bigger boats, um, they're cutting up. Uh, so they're cleaning their fish and they're throwing the the guts and the oh, okay. uh, frames yeah, to yeah, the yeah. crocs. Yep. So they then associate boats with food. Yep. Now, if you're in a six, seven-metre boat, that's okay if a five-metre croc comes up and nudges you. Yep. If you're in a three-and-a-half-metre boat yeah, and, a, and a five-metre croc's nudging your boat, you're in a bit of trouble. Yep. So you just got to be careful with what you do there. Yeah, don't throw lures at them. Just, just, just let them be. Yep. Yeah. Yes. That's where sort of people come undone, Kev. They just, they just get so excited about the last frontier, which is pretty much what the territory is about. Yeah. yeah. And they see the croc and they just think, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get some photos. We'll get close. No, don't get yep. close. Get a photo, but don't get, don't get close. Get a photo. If you're in a big boat. <laughs> big if you're in a little boat. <laughs> yeah. we, we go down to Daly River, Kev, and we're in a five metre boat, and you feel very comfortable. Three guys fishing the the Barra Classic. Yep. And we'll see guys, um, so the grey nobads, they'll be in a three and a half, four metre boat. Uh, there will be two or three of them, 
and it looks like the water's splashing over the side. Yep. And you, you're just looking at him and you just think there is no way known that I'd be out in a boat that size. Yep. Yeah, uh, no, I can totally understand that. Right. Um, is there a good uh, good time to go to the Northern Territory, given there's that the weather time. there is beautiful? There's a good time again. and there's a great time. Okay. A good time is during our winter. Yep. So they're, they're dry season. You go up there, the fishing's not great because the water temperature uh, comes down. You get up there, it's 30 degrees. Yep. And they're telling you that it's too cold. <laughs> and you're looking at it and thinking, happy days. Um, the great time to go from the 1st of October, and we'll talk to Jason about this, he's involved in it. They've got a million-dollar fish. So they tag Barramundi. I think they take about 100 fish. We'll have a talk to Jason about it. Uh, they take 100 fish. One tag is worth a million dollars. The other tags are worth $10,000. And that's to promote tourism during the wet season oh, okay. up in the Northern Territory because they find that it drops off. And you know what really affects tourism in the Northern Territory? Crocodiles? No, the Australian dollar. <laughs> oh, really? So during the the dry season up there, it's thirty degrees, fantastic weather. They get they used to get a lot of backpackers in. Oh, okay. Now if the Australian dollar's strong, they don't come to Australia. Oh, okay. So there you go, a little bit All of right. knowledge Thank for you. you, mate. That's just your CBA Jeez. moment on the show. There you go. <laughs> Back of Australia, we're views and now views. Put you by the Financial Weekly. Yeah, so it's one of the show down there we've now. had a bit of a talk here. We've had a long introduction. We're going to have a bit of a break. Then we're going to throw over to uh, Big Jace Rogers. Have a chat to him. Beautiful. We're into double figures. We're episode 10 of Merv Hughes Fishing, and our special guest this week is Jason Rogers, who, amongst other things, is the unofficial CEO of Anaconda in the Northern Territory, <laughs> uh, a fishing guide, a charter skipper, and a fishing guru. The, the, not the a, fishing the fishing guru. guru. Oh, big, big differ, big fella. I think, I think Melita might have him covered on the. I think it might be plural, not singular. Uh, yeah, well, I've been known to throw a good cast every now and then. <laughs> he spends more time in the trees than Tarzan, Kev. Yeah, now, now Jason, I uh, think. Things, things ramping up in, in your part of the world now, just, uh, I suppose, warming up. The humidity comes in for the wet season, and that's where, yep. where the fish up there get more active. That's what they do. As soon as that water temperature rises, they do come on the bite. The metabolism gets up, and they've got to eat. So they've got no choice in it. they just got to get out there and eat. And hot and humid, while that turns the fish on, it tends to turn the tourists away. Um, it does. And, and the Northern Territory Government have come up with the, the novel Million Dollar Barra. They tag, I think it's about 100 fish, is it? One's got a million dollar tag, and the rest of them have got, I think, $10,000 tags. That's right. Season one, they did only did 75. Yeah. And then they thought it was such a good thing, they, they just put 100 out there because they like paying out on it. Yeah. And they've been paying out about 100000 a year so far. And the million, dollar, in- the million dollar fish hasn't gone over the, I think it's about two years that it's been run. Yeah, no, I haven't caught. Now, season three, they've had three seasons. Yeah, I, I haven't caught it yet. So you haven't caught it yet. So, so no. Jason, yeah, Jason Kennedy here. How you going, mate? Good. How you going? <laughs> Good, big fella. Now, if a fish has been tagged three years ago with a red tag for a million dollars, okay, yep. and, and 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 no one's caught the fish. Yep. Obviously, what happens if someone catches it four years later? Do they still get the million dollars, or do they tag a, a new uh, fish in case it's been taken or or perished? Um. Well. There's, there's conjecture about it. I think look, I've had a little bit to do with it um, and talking to the different people. They're actually talking about reactivating old tags um, because they've all got a microchip in it. Yeah. Because so I actually was involved with catching the second one ever, so I've had a bit of an inside sort of look at how it actually works. And there's all sort of, oh, they, they change the, the prize on the tags and they do this so it's random, they don't know. But it's not true. They have all the prizes allocated to each individual tag. 
and it's locked away in a security vault with two keys and all this sort of stuff. So it's very sort of official and locked you like. And then they actually, once they, they get it out, they verify it all and um, even down to the length of the fish and photos and then they run a like a little dog scanner over it, you know, like a microchip yep. scanner. Yeah, yeah. And it goes beep, beep, tells you how much this values each tag's worth. So, and does the million dollar one go ka-ching, ka-ching when, it, uh, when you run the barcode across it? <laughs> That'd be me when I'm blinking, when I catch it, you go ka-ching, ka-ching. Now, Kevin, Jason's one of the best people to follow on his Facebook page, the pictures. Oh. He just, uh, him and his wife, the, just yeah. the amount of trips they do, they're, just so, they're so lucky. But what's been some of your recent catches, Jace? Oh, we did last weekend. We actually went crabbing. Like we went chasing crabs. We haven't had a catch for a while, so we put the crab box in the penis, and um, we ended up with about fifteen crabs, I think. But we probably got twenty odd barrel all the way. Oh, great, great result! Now you're an ex ex charter charter or guide, ex guide. Just yep. just share with us some of your crazy experiences out there with Joe Joe Public and some of the best fish they've landed while you've been around. Probably look. Biggest barra, the biggest one I've had in my boat was 137 centimetres. Oh, awesome. wow. Stop talking they, dirty, they Jase. Call, they, call, they called it Farla. <laughs> yeah, it was, look, um, it was a big fish. And that, but that, like that day, we got a 132 and a couple of 126s and a 115. Well, when they're on, they're on. Yeah, mate, that, that's called a day yeah. out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, and believe it or not, that was the, the guy's first barra that day. It was one guy in the boat. He got them all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he was just got off the plane, was over on Melville Island. We went over this creek. He was in the boat five minutes and he had a 126. Oh, I hate him. What's his name? I just got to know who to hate. Oh. Now, Jason, the thing, that, the thing that I want to ever talk to you about, while we talk about Northern Territory and Barra, it's not just Barra in the Northern Territory that you can chase. And um, you yourself, um, as a guide and, and a fish, I love to chase the, the mulloway, the dewfish. Um, yep. So they're in, they're in good numbers up there too. They are extremely. We, on the same day we went crabbing, we got five. Yeah. Um, just on the way crabbing, I think. So, yeah. mate, and, and so diverse up there too. So you got your mulloway, you got your mangrove jack, you got your threadfin salmon. So the the eating fish. Well, I, I normally talk to guys about what they like catching, but what fish do you like eating the most up there? Fresh fish. Oh, uh, crab. I, I, you know, because <laughs> I'm a bit. I like to put a little bit of weight on because I don't want to get too skinny and yeah, I'm, I'm probably I'm like with batter, fish. batter fish yeah. probably my favourite way and I don't much yeah. mind the jewfish yeah. but barra's, barra's good batter salmon threatening salmon probably them and golden snapper they're probably my favourite yes yeah maiden yeah. the thing about the thing about like Port Phillip Bay uh, chase snapper so you're pretty limited with, with what you can do you go over to Western Port Bay in Melbourne and it's more the whiting you yeah. get snapper and gummies over there but you target the white. you go up to Darwin you target any fish you want you, you've got yeah. the, the reef species you've got the pelagics you've got the barry you've got the jewies you've got the golden snapper golden snapper ah good on the fang yes coral trout coral trout <laughs> oh mate the list goes on Jeez. now yeah, Jason. Yeah, yes. now, now I'm smiling, Jason. That trip you took us out to when we filmed that show just out of the fitness there. That cobia that day without saying the I word, but I'm bloody still over the moon. Thank, thanks for that. It was a place which Jason called Kevin the Hurt Locker. So it's a little bit of reef for used to take yeah. his partners, and it was every single drop we got fish. It was incredible. What? I could feel your toes digging in the deck as it took off. You like, <laughs> come back here, come back here. Jace, uh, only my laundry lady knew how scared I was that day. I know, I know, I can feel it. <laughs> no, and, and the big thing too, 
like obviously the further and more remote you go, like you say, you're going to get the bigger fish. But if yeah. people are in Darwin, there's there's a lot of charters that just go out to Middle Arm and and West Arm that that are what 15 minutes away from the city. Oh yeah, Shoal Bay, you can get a lot of big fish, which is just like Buffalo Creek, which is right there. That's yep. sort of the, the northeastern side of the, the peninsula of Darwin. Eh? Then you've got Darwin Harbour, which is huge. Which and is you do there. you do a lot of fishing in Darwin Harbour. You used to. You still do a bit of fishing in Darwin Harbour. Yeah, I do on the tides. On the right sort of, I like the like a little bit bigger tide for there. But you can catch them on all fish. Oh, catch fish on all tides. So yeah, it's um, it, it's it, we're really lucky. We are lucky. Like it's. Yeah, you know, even even where I live, I can throw me rod on. I can throw one lure on, least two usually. Walk down to the rocks, have a couple of casts, and get a few barra. Now, just quietly, <laughs> when you walk down to the rocks, do you have to look out for those like toothy handbags or? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, it's not too bad around the uh, around the foreshore where we yeah. are because I've got crocodile hunters whacking stuff like they catch fish. They do actually. They do This time of year, it's not so bad. Yeah. The wet season, they can move around a bit more, so they can't find a territory or a mate. Can so you do have to be a bit of a little bit. Now, I've just got a couple of quick ones for you. Anaconda, um, you've been with Anaconda now for a little while, and safe to say that Anaconda has, has changed their view to fishing, is that um, their fishing stock in store now is unbelievable, isn't it? Unreal, and then it's 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 just going to get better and better and better. The way the company wants to go, they want to have, you know, be the one-stop shop. So they they want to put everything they can into the right areas and have the right products for people to come in and get what they want and go fishing. Joe's just getting back to Darwin, Darwin Harbour. There's a lot of aircraft wrecks at the bottom of the harbour. Is that is that true? There's World War Two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, correct. They, was, they got bombed. They, so there was a lot of ships bombed in the American. There's American battleships on the harbour floor. There's, um, you know, like whatever other boats that were in the harbour when they got bombed. So these um, these spots, my first ever time in the harbour, Jace, we um, get onto a probably a 30, 35-pound black Jew. And yeah, as, yeah. It was, as it was coming up, I've got one that's wide mouth. Nets, not a wide mouth host, but a wide mouth net. And I was, I was just thinking straight away, this fish is that big. It's, it's not going to fit in the net. So it just, it just seemed like in so Darwin Harbour. You're, you're excited about a 35 pound black jury. Black jury. <laughs> you know what big Jason Rogers is thinking? He's thinking live bait. <laughs> <laughs> That's how big they are in Darwin, my friend. Yeah, it's just always bigger in Darwin. <laughs> always big. Uh, Jason, mate, thank you very much for your time. Um, uh, thanks, fellas. Hopefully, we'll catch up soon. Better, you better come up and catch one of those million-dollar fish. Oh, I hope so. That starts on the 1st of October, 1st of the million-dollar yeah. barra. That's uh, Jason Rogers there. Fishing guru from the Northern Territory and uh, the Anaconda. The guru. fishing guru from yes. the Northern Territory. Joining us here on Merv Hughes Fishing. Jason Rogers there from uh, the Northern Territory. We do apologise. A little bit of uh, Mate, in and out with the, with the mobile reckon, phone there. Yeah, that's what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, that's <laughs> a chance. That's a chance you take when you talk to someone from the Northern Territory. Like he's probably down at Dundee Beach, out of range. He's getting a little bit of interference, but we got the gist of what he was saying. Yep. Yeah, very, very enthusiastic. Great bloke. Uh, I've known him now for, I reckon, eight, nine years. We fished the, the Barra Classic there. Yep. Um, and just a, a great fella. Did he and, win it? Did he say that he won it? Oh, he could. He wins everything. But, 
It's a million dollar fish. That's that's well. Yeah. I mean, so the Barra is, Classic and the million dollar fish yeah. are two different things. But he he's caught one of the ten thousand dollar. So as he said, the million dollar fish hasn't gone off. Yep. Um, so listen, guys, if you're looking for a fishing trip, a little bit of difference, it's going to be hot and humid. And as Big Jay said to me one time, we were up there last year, he took us out fishing and we're at, uh, Corroboree Billabong on the Mary River system. Yeah. And he just said, I'll just, oh, gee, how hot is it? How humid is it? I'll sweat and oh. my, my clack off. Yeah. And he said, mate, <laughs> the best time to fish in the Northern Territory is when the sweat's running down the crack of your ass. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it when it gets hot. hot, the hotter it is, the better the fishing why, is. Why is that? The water temperature's up, okay. fish get more active. Yeah. Oh, okay. Two things about the territory. I remember saying about the heat. Yeah, it does get hotter than the $20 stereo. But I was up there many years ago, and the NT newspaper is a very famous, iconic newspaper oh, up there. There's some great lead stories. They call, they call it the Croc Times. Oh, <laughs> if there's not a crocodile on the front page of the NT News, <laughs> it's not the NT News. <laughs> I was up there for five days, and there was two days in a row, Kev, it was 27 degrees, 27, 28 degrees. The lead story on the NT News was cold, cold spell um, <laughs> decreases crime, crime rate. And that was the front, the front uh, lead, yeah, because it was cold. No, was that cold stealing stuff? Goodness <laughs> gracious me, that's ridiculous, uh, isn't it? Uh, it's unbelievable. But, um, first time um, I was up there during the dry season, um, made myself so so snapper. Uh, I went for a drive, and we'll, we picked up some work in the cement works, and we had to just go from top to bottom in this five, six-storey building, uh, wiping cement dust off all the rails and the stairs and all that, so cleaning it up. Yeah. And you get into the the, um, the lunchroom, yep. um, so the, the chow room, and there'd be a bloke sitting there with a jacket on, with a jumper on, Cause sitting the air there, conditioning was on. having his suit, no air conditioning, what? had the heater on, it's 28 degrees, <laughs> and we're sitting there sweating, like, like the, just sweating like you wouldn't believe, and just drinking water and just looking at him. Hey, mate, it's not hot. Yeah, come down to Melbourne. I'll tell you, it's not cold here. (laughs) (laughs) But just, yeah, just the the guys that that live up there, especially for a couple of years and don't get out of Darwin, the the heat and the humidity up there um, going into the wet season, so they call it build-up or the tropo season, um, extreme. (laughs) So you go in there June, July, comfortable. You go up there um, August, September. Yeah, not too bad. You go any later than that, and it's just hot and humid. Uh, clearly, it's a really good fishing spot. Oh, Kevin, this is a bucket list yeah. spot. You have to do it at least yeah. once in your life. Okay. And go chase a barrow. Go chase some of the blue water. But well, you're right, the food's great up there. The people are great. Well, it's bloody hot. Yep. Uh, and is it a bit of a hidden treasure or not? No, I reckon <laughs> any, anyone... Used to yeah. be. Oh, not really. I reckon not so much as a hidden treasure is hard to get to. Okay. And a lot else out of the way, so people didn't really want to go there. But there's so much more on offer than than just the fishing. Uh, so you've got Kakadu yeah, uh, Park, National course. Park, you go down there, Leachfield National Park, with it, which is um, just south of Darwin. Uh, so you've got so many things to do. And the croc farm there, if you want to go and have a look at a decent croc farm and a lot of crocs, the, the new croc farm that they've got out at Berrimer, I think it is, yeah. um, fantastic place. So what do you look at in a croc farm? Well, crocodiles, crocs. obviously, but... <laughs> <laughs> how big they are. Okay. But how big, they've got they've got a lot of different things. But you get up close and personal, so you'll be standing on a platform, and there'll be a, a croc ten foot. No, under you. no. See, that that 
that that gives me shivers just talking about that. Yeah, and they, they just explain. They go through and, you know, there'll be feeding time and they'll show you how they feed. And it's not exactly a petting zoo, let's be honest. No, no, it's not going to be a petting zoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not your sort of middle of the shopping town yeah. pat the furry animal type deal. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're right there. <laughs> and they're not furry animals. Uh, no, so, they're, they're very yeah. scary looking. They are scary. Operators. So you look at them as scary animals, yep. I'll look at them at belts. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> As I said, if the criteria was you just eat everything, you'd be a belt right yeah, now. Oh, mate, just call me Crocodilius. Terrific to catch up with uh, Jason Rogers uh, and uh, plenty more coming up on uh, Murphy's Fishing. Thank you, boys. Thank you, Kevin. We'll Thanks, catch you again real soon.